Hi, and welcome to Chelemoji Chats. I'm your host, Liz Lee, otherwise known as Chelemoji, and I'm here to talk about tips and tools to help you on your cello journey. Hi, and welcome to episode number two of Chelemoji Chats. I thought this would be a really good episode to talk about commonly asked questions、um, when you are learning to play the cello or starting out or even considering playing the cello.、Um, there are just so many questions that、uh, sometimes I'm sure people just wished they had someone they could ask them to before they even started diving in because maybe some of these questions are、uh, deterring. To you, and maybe it, you may decide <laughs> that learning the cello may not be for you. I don't know.、Uh, hopefully, not.、Um, I think there are very few instances where I would say maybe cello would not be a good fit. But most of the time, I feel like、uh, cello is a great fit for lots of people of all ages and abilities and shapes and sizes and all of that involved. So let's just dive into it. One of the most common questions I get, number one here, is Am I too old? Now, I just want to quickly squash this myth that you have to learn to play an instrument when you are really, really young. And if you don't start when you're really young, then there's no possible chance for you to ever learn to play an instrument.、Um, it's not only cello, but any instrument, you can start to learn it whenever you feel ready to start to learn it.、Um, I have taught students as young as four,、um, and I have taught students. As old as in their 70s. And both situations,、uh, you know, they come with challenges, no question. And the challenges can be different based off of how old you are. But that's okay because,、um, you know, every person is unique and every person will have their own unique issues to work through. So, question number one Am I too old? No, <laughs> you are not too old.、Um, I would say if you have a lot of pain while sitting down,、uh, that might prove to be a challenge、um, because you have to be able to sit while you're playing cello and be able to sit for a little bit of time.、Um, and sometimes that can be difficult for people, or if you know, they have bad backs or something, that can, that can be a challenge as well. So definitely consider that. Number two. What are the string names on the cello? And how are they similar or different than the other string instruments in the string family? So, cello has four strings.、Uh, they are the A string, which is the,、uh, the highest, and then D, and then G, and then a low C string, which would be basically the fattest string on the cello. Now, these are different than、um, violin. Which has the high E string, an A string, D string, and G string. It does not have a low C string. So that range up there is higher. Now, the viola actually has the same named strings, A, D, G, and C, but their range is a little bit higher. If you want to think of、um, octaves, the C,、uh, sorry, if you want to think of octaves on the cello, The cello range is on a lower octave than the viola. And if you just want to think about it as the instrument shapes themselves, cello is much bigger than a violin or a viola, so it goes much deeper in sound. 
And as for the double bass, the double bass is different because those strings are tuned in fourths. So they are not like the cello strings at all. However, there are some crossovers in terms of how you hold the, uh, like how you might be holding your bow or how you might um, get your left hand to kind of feel comfortable in when it's in playing position. But the strings are different. Number three. What is the shaky thing that everyone is doing? So it might be hard to picture, but you look at any professional cello player or a string player for that matter, um, and you'll often see that their left hand is kind of shaking around. And that is what we call vibrato. So this is kind of a more um, advanced technique of playing, um, one that I usually don't start to introduce too early uh, because it is meant to be for those of those of the string players who don't struggle with uh, trying to find pitch because you don't want to start really doing vibrato if you can't find good intonation on your instrument. But the shaky thing is called vibrato and it is a little bit different uh, across the instruments um, and the technique of teaching it. I mean, <laughs> that can be a whole podcast in itself, I guess you can say. But just as a very general overview, the shaking thing is called vibrato. Number four, do I have to move around to be expressive? Now, this is something that has come up, which which is kind of funny because I didn't think it would be so much of a thing, but now with the rampant social media and you know, people putting up videos of themselves playing their instruments, and you know, even for myself sometimes. You'll often see that players can be super, let's just say super expressive looking. They make these like faces and they like, you know, kind of arch their back a little bit and they move around. And let me just be the first to say that a lot of that is just for show. It is putting on a performance. It is trying to entertain the audience. Um, Do I believe that the performer is, you know, interested in what they're playing of course i i do think that there are you know some moments where you know for myself i can feel like super into the music and might you know shift around a little bit but am i gonna look like i'm having kind of conniptions on stage or you know swaying back and forth as if i'm on a rocky boat on the sea probably not and one interesting thing which um someone once mentioned a, a professional cellist a mentor once said to me once is like if you really look at a performer you know they could be all expressive and moving around on the slow long notes but if you ever noticed if they're about to play or are playing a super complex section where their fingers are flying around the cello and it's you know super super complex and it is live recorded or live you know, showing not like a pre-recorded thing, then you'll notice that all the cello players are super still. You'll notice that they'll actually keep things still so that their left hand can be the one that's doing all of the motion. And I think this is really important to note that like sometimes you really need that solid still grounding in order to produce a really good sound. And (laughs) let's just be really quick to address things like two cellos or you know I love these guys the the piano guys even you have to understand that what they are producing is 
a music video. And just like pop stars <laughs> who make music videos, when they are making the video, they are inevitably doing a version of lip syncing. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that they're not playing their instruments during the video, but is it an exact perfect replica of what you're hearing over the speakers? Probably not. Because that kind of sound quality, you got to go into a recording studio and you got to sit down and like make the perfect track and make sure it's always in tune and in time and all of this. And I'm not saying that <laughs> they're not doing that there, but you have to understand some of the extra stuff that you see them doing is just that. It's just extra. It doesn't mean that if you don't do that, you can't have some kind of musical contribution. Um, I know plenty of very, very well-known cello players who are super still when they play. And that is their that is their MO. They just want to be still while they are playing and just let the music speak for itself. Number five, are the bow grips the... Number five, are the bow grips the same across the instruments? So in this case, this is something really, really important to know. No, they are not the same. Any violin and viola teacher who is trying to teach cello, if they show the same bow grip, that is the incorrect bow grip. The big difference that you'll see is that the pinky for the violin and viola players will sit on top of the stick, whereas for cello players, it should be sitting on the frog. So it should be alongside the other fingers. It should not be in a different position than the fingers. Now, bass players, they have two different bow holds they can choose from, the French hold and the German hold. And based off of who their teacher is or what they prefer, they can have a bow hold that looks similar to a cello bow hold, or they could have one that looks completely different. So cello bow holds in themselves are a little bit unique. Um, and that pinky, does it make a difference if it's sitting on top of the bow or on the side of the bow? And it really does. It, it really makes a big difference on how much you can control your bow. So make sure that you are making sure that your pinky is in the correct part of the bow. And if you want some, you know, extra free advice, here's a free plug here. I have a free bow hold course, which I will link to uh, down below in the um, show notes so that you can click through it and get my take on how I teach bow holds to all of my students. Number six, do I need a teacher in order to learn to play the cello? Now, this is a little bit of a tricky one because I am a teacher. <laughs> so, of course, technically I should say, yes, you need a teacher to learn to play the cello. But let me just preface this by saying, I think in the beginning, it is super important to have good guidance on how to play the cello. I feel like for a lot of people, once you get past a certain point, it is a little bit of figuring out, um, you know, notes and rhythms and how to play them. And that's great. But if the essential foundation of playing cello, if your setup is completely off or just you know watching a whole bunch of YouTubes of different people playing then you are just taking a guess that you are doing the right thing and <laughs> let's just put it this way the older you are the more likely that 
certain pains or injuries or things could happen if you are holding the cello incorrectly or trying to play the cello incorrectly. Um, things may happen where you're like, I don't understand why it's making this sound or what is going on. And having that one-on-one interaction with a teacher can really just help, you know, tweak some things. And, and do you need a lesson every week? Perhaps not. But to say that you can learn to play the cello solely off of YouTube or, um, you know, taking a, like random advice from people, like it's really hard to do. And I would not recommend it because you're just setting yourself up for bad habits and really bad habits take a really long time to, to get rid of. Um, and I feel like just even having a couple lessons from a, a legit cello teacher will really, really help you. Now, I'm not even talking about an orchestra teacher who plays a different instrument as their main instrument and then they're trying to teach cello. I'm talking about an actual cello player who was trained in cello, took many years, and is like, you know, accomplished in their own right in in playing cello. Um, You will find that even just those one or two lessons is going to really, really help. So I, I say yes. Having a teacher is always going to be helpful. Do you need a teacher forever? Uh, you know, it may be unpopular, you know, opinion on it, but maybe not. But it kind of also depends on what your goal is. What is your plan and how far do you want to take cello? And I think that is actually kind of more important to also consider. Okay, number seven. What clef does cello have to interact with? And this one, we actually have to interact with three different clefs. So we have bass clef, tenor clef, and treble clef. We have to have the three clefs because our range of how much we play goes from pretty low to pretty high. So I think that um, as annoying as it is, we kind of need to have those three clefs. And who knows, maybe it was partly because editors or composers didn't want to write all of those ledger lines to like indicate how high or how low a note would go. Um, so yeah, that there is that. Now bass clef and treble clef, those are basically uh, piano clefs. So like if you play piano, it's definitely helpful because you're probably already knowing how to read these clefs. And tenor clef, it can be a little bit tricky, but there are some tricks to um, learn how to read it a little bit um, easier. And um, it is one clef that is kind of confusing because viola players read a similar clef. Now, the clef looks exactly the same, but where it is on the staff is completely different. So don't confuse it or don't let your viola friend tell you how to play the note because inevitably they'll be reading it incorrectly. So tenor clef is a different clef read than the viola. So this leads into number eight. Does piano knowledge help to play the cello? Now, (laughs) I actually started... Uh, when I was really, really young playing the piano because my mom is a pianist. And so, of course, you know, we're babies and we're just tinkering around. So sure, I played piano for quite a bit until uh, we realized that, you know, having my mom as a teacher is probably not the best because we just kept arguing a lot. But I did learn a lot from her and, you know, I wouldn't be the musician I am today without her, that's for sure. Thanks, mom. And... Knowing how to read piano 
and the piano clefs, treble clef and bass clef made my life so much easier when I was learning to play the cello. Knowing how to play piano doesn't help you play the cello. It just helps you absorb the music a lot easier. So reading the music will be a lot easier. And and then figuring out how to play it on the cello will be a little bit easier too because you won't be struggling to do two things at once. And it seems kind of like a minor thing, but it really does make a difference if you know exactly what note you're trying to play and you can actually read it on the music as well. All right, let's go over two more questions on this one and stay tuned for a future commonly asked questions, FAQs on learning to play the cello. So number nine, where can I get a cello? Now, this one is, man, and now that Amazon is just such a distributor of, you know, shipping all the things, Amazon is definitely a place that people try to get cellos from. But I would say that is probably the one place that I would recommend to never get an instrument from because you don't really know what you're getting. I mean, if I had no access to any music store at all and I needed to order online, I would actually go order from a licensed instrument dealer. So Char Music is one place. Um, Southwest Strings is another one. I've And um, gosh, Johnson Instruments, I believe, is another one. Um, and even, you know, if you're really into like electric instruments, you know, the electric violin shop for sure. I mean, they know their instruments and they explain it and they, they talk through the benefits of each instrument that you could get. And these are the things where you have to go and get options. I mean, you don't want to just randomly get something off of Amazon because, yeah, like I said, you don't know what you're getting. And if the deal seems too good to be true, it probably is not a good cello. Now, say you are in a major city, then no doubt there are lots of music stores in the area. And even if you went to just like a random music store, they can definitely direct you to um, a place where you can get a good cello for your money um, with within your budget, even if they don't have it in their store. So where can you get a cello? <laughs> Anywhere but Amazon. I would definitely check your local music stores first. Um, you can ask around to, to people who may have been playing other instruments and see where they got their instruments and you can go from there. But definitely, definitely stay away from Amazon. As much as I love Amazon, this is the one thing I would not get from there. And I, I did have a student who got an Amazon cello and let me say, it sounded terrible. And there were so many squeaks and squawks that came out of it because it's just a poorly made, like cheap cello I don't know made out of plywood for all I know um and the student was very good <laughs> it's not like the student was like a bad or a super beginner player um he was actually a pretty good player uh, but it's just hard to get a good sound out of a really cheap bad instrument okay so number 10 last one for today where can I get music now this one is you know, again, with the internet, this is so much easier to get a whole variety of different music, which is 
which is awesome. And I, and I am really grateful because it makes my life a lot easier too for myself when I need music or when um, students of mine need music. So in general, one of the big sites that I go to is called sheetmusicplus.com. So music is often called sheet music. So it's sheetmusicplus.com. And um, I put up my own arrangements of music on there. Um, and there's also pretty much any book you can imagine is on there. And it's, it's great. Highly recommend. You can search for specific songs, specific books, um, compilation books. It's great. Another place, if you're looking for pop songs or Broadway songs or strictly, pretty much strictly non-classical songs, would be to go to musicnotes.com. Musicnotes.com is um, all of a digital website where you will um, basically purchase the music and then you can download it and print it or you can have the app and it will just be on your app there as well and you can look on it on, say, like an iPad or even your computer. Uh, That is a great site for anything that is not classical. Now, keep in mind, those things, though, are often arrangements from someone who wrote it out themselves. So they could have some interesting interpretations of music. Sometimes it could be in a completely different key. Uh, You just have to be a little bit careful about which ones you want to pick. Or if you don't care, then, you know, just go for it. I would definitely preview it. You can like kind of take a look at it and see if it's at your level before you purchase it. Now, some classical music things you can actually find on imslp.org. Now, this one is a site that it's it's a free website um, that people upload public domain music, classical music, for people to just download and use on themselves. And this can be super helpful for a lot of different reasons. But again, this is not necessarily a monitored website. So you don't know exactly what you're getting. It could be, you know, a great arrangement. It could be something that you bought off the store and then someone uploaded. Or it could be some really old manuscript that, I don't know, could be non-legible. Like you you don't quite know what you're getting. But again, it's free. So there is that benefit as well. If you are in the beginner cello stages, it's probably not really the site for you. It's definitely for intermediate advanced players. Um, that is, or like when you're trying to do chamber music, that's definitely more a site for that. Like beginners, I would usually direct them to either get it off of sheetmusicplus.com or Amazon. <laughs> Amazon these days, again, is really great. And one of the things is sometimes uh, it could be on the website or the warehouse Sheet Music Plus, but you can order it through Amazon um, and do it that way too. So Amazon would definitely be my next big pick. Um You can search for a lot of different pieces of music and often get a good deal. And hey, if you have Prime, you can sometimes get two-day shipping, even better. Um, For things like specialty music, so for example, the Piano Guys. I love their music. I've really become a fan of it, (laughs) I I must say. And their sheet music you can purchase directly off of their website, I mean, you can order it through Amazon as well. But again, remember that anything when you're going through a, a second party and you're not getting it direct from them, they probably are losing a bit of money. And I am all for supporting the artist. So if you can, and it doesn't you know, 
hinder you too much, I would order it directly from the artist. So if there are, is like, you know, piano guys, you can order from them. If you wanted to learn Lindsay Sterling music, order f- direct from her store. Um, what else? I mean, two cellos, they came out with music as well. But again, you know, like you can buy it off of their store. You can buy it off of their website. You can buy it off of Amazon. It's kind of, you know, you have to choose and see where you can get it. Um, there are definitely free other sites like MuseScore. I know that some people get uh, music off of there. But again, it's it's just someone uploading their own version of it. So you don't exactly know what you're getting. So I would take that with a grain of salt. You don't, I mean, the ones that I've seen off of there, I haven't been too crazy about their arrangements, to be honest. So I usually don't recommend MuseScore. But I do want to acknowledge that it is out there and people definitely do do that. Um and go there and get music. And then finally, I mean, this this is not to discredit any of those music websites. Uh, Johnson Strings, Char Music, um, gosh, you know, even the publishers themselves like Penders Music International or uh, Shot, S-C-H-O-T-T, Shot Music. Um, you can get things directly from... Uh, Peter's edition music you can definitely get off of their website. I mean, there's all sorts of different websites that you can now get music from. And some websites have it and some don't. Some have it international and some don't. So for some of those more obscure uh, websites, you're usually looking for something specific. A lot of the time, though, if you are kind of beginner, intermediate, most of the music you could possibly want to play would actually be on any of the sites I mentioned before. So I will definitely leave these links in the show notes so you can be sure to check them out and see if any of the music you want to play is on these sites. All right, so there were 10 commonly asked questions about learning to play the cello or um, starting to learn to play the cello or even thinking about it. Um, These are definitely questions that I get all the time as a teacher. I hope that you found these helpful. And if you enjoyed this episode, uh, be sure to uh, hit that subscribe button and follow me on wherever you're listening to this podcast. I would really appreciate it. I appreciate you just taking the time to uh, listen to this episode. And definitely let me know if there are some questions you are really curious about but I haven't addressed. Um, I'm sure I will come out with a future commonly asked question episode. Uh, But for now, we'll just leave it here. Until next time, guys. Cello on. Mm -hmm.